welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks with the Fantastic Two. That is myself, and that's my partner in crime, my main man, Kenny. How you doing, my brother? Yo, what's good, good people? I hope everyone's doing good. Renee, how you feeling, man? Man, I'm doing I'm doing pretty well today, actually. I, I I know we were talking about this before the podcast started, but for all our All Turns No Breaks listeners, I don't know what happened today, but I had a wonderful, wonderful week. Monday was even just as good. And somewhat, for some reason today, I woke up and you ever just have those allergy attacks that, that it doesn't matter what kind of medication you take. It doesn't matter how many tissues you stuff up your nose. The nose, your nose just won't stop running. And I, I had probably one of the worst allergy attacks today that I, I think I've had in a very, very long time. So I think that was just life going. All right. You know what? You had a great weekend, but now it's a little taste of reality. How about this? How about this allergy bug? But, but other than that, Kenny, I'm feeling fine. You know, and like I said, my weekend was actually fantastic. You know, I, I, I stayed, I stayed in town for most of the part. Uh, for, wait, uh, what? Uh, really? Yeah, I oh didn't my go, God. I, man, let me tell you, my gas, I, I, dude, I'm still on almost on a full tank. Cause normally when it comes to the weekend, I have to fill up my gas tank at least once or twice, at least cause I'm driving all over the place. <laughs> man, I was about to say like you, the one actually stayed in town and not me this time around. Wow. Tides a turn. Yeah. Well, you, but, but then again, too, Kenny, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I, I live in California and you know, gas is high everywhere, but it's yeah. really high over here. <laughs> it's like six, $7 out Ooh, here in Southern California. Damn. Mm. So that, that was a, probably a, another reason why I didn't want to go anywhere, but uh, I probably saved like $200 this weekend. <laughs> nah, man. All right. Listen, I feel that because good God, like every time someone from California tells me how much the gas is out there. I think about like the, what is it? I think maybe it's like $384. The last time I stopped, I only made two stops from Charlotte to Raleigh this entire weekend. So, I mean, I did something right when it comes to that aspect. But um, yeah, man. Yeah. That other gas over there, like six, seven dollars. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Let me tell you, man, it is, it's brutal out here. It's brutal. But nevertheless, my brother, how was your weekend? Man, you know what? Listen. All right, so I t- think I told everyone like two weeks ago in the pod, like I was going to Dreamville uh-huh. Fest, and if y'all don't know what that is by now, somehow, some way in these last like three years, and you have been living under a rock. J. Cole and his label and several other artists um, came out this weekend to Raleigh to have a festival outside, and man, listen, when I tell you, it was nothing but fun. Like I had fun from the very beginning until the end. I got there on Friday evening. Or yeah, Friday afternoon or so to speak. And man, it was it was a blast. Like that was everything I've been wanting for a while. Obviously, I have explained it on this podcast. My beginning of March was not the greatest thing in the world for me. But to close out the to close out the month, technically, I guess you could say, or go into the brand new month. I had a ball. I was hanging out with all my friends. Um, you know, shout out yeah. to homie Yuri from Clubhouse. Like, that's so crazy. I even ran into somebody from my my elementary school and I know that I recognize him by face. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. So yeah, wow. you know, shout out to shout out to Lauren, shout out to Amber, shout out to all the homies I was hanging with this weekend. Shout out to Sydney, shoot. 
I saw a little bit of I saw a little bit of everybody while I was out there, and it was so crazy because like at first I was gonna end up going with some people, but some people couldn't make it. So you know, it's cool. You know, like life happens, right? And so at first yeah, I was man, telling man. people, I'm like, man, I'm going Dolo, man. I'm just hanging out with whoever. And, and I found a couple groups and I started to realize a couple people I actually knew pretty well ended up going. So, man, it was, man, an experience for the lifetime. Like, there is absolutely no doubt next year, I don't care where I'm working at or where I'm at, I am taking off that weekend and I am going back because that was an absolute insane experience. Like, I would do wow. it. I would do it again. Like, there is no doubt. So, Hopefully, the that's, city that's, of Raleigh uh, brings it back for twenty three. You know what I mean? Well, that's fantastic. It's it, it, you know I can tell you this, and and it's the same thing that me and Tam would always talk about when we go to these you know these EDM music festivals. It's the energy. Uh, I mean, the music is one thing, and uh, but uh, the energy, the energy, and the vibe. You know, when you can get the energy, the vibe, and the music all to just kind of come together, mm-hmm. and uh, some people might say, "Yeah, drugs too." <laughs> And that's not necessarily the case because, you know, when, when you're, when you're, when you're older, you realize, you know, that, that, that that's part of it that you can take out and you can literally just have fun with the music and the vibe and the energy of the crowd. And when it all comes together, brother, I'm telling you, I totally understand where you're coming from. And I'm glad that, glad you had a really good time, man. Man, listen, you said it best. Like being in that type of environment. And I think also what it was as well coming off a year where they couldn't have it I mean, it got canceled due to obvious reasons but when they came back like i wasn't even thinking about this when i bought my ticket but usually when you have an event and the year before it either got canceled or something might have happened usually the following year is always one of the better events and i think i got a dose of it my friends had been to dreamville fest before and they told me it was great they said it was a great experience i know what to do now in terms of what ticket I want to buy. So next year, I already know what ticket I'm getting so I can have all the access and everything. But man, it was, it was super dope. And also got to give a, a big shout out to, she wasn't in my, she wasn't one of my classmates or with my internship class, but this girl named Cora, she was actually a brand ambassador for Dreamville this weekend. So she got to work the wow. event again. I believe this is the second year. Um, sorry, Cora, if I'm getting that wrong, but I just had to give you a shout out. And um, yeah, it was dope, man. Like there is no doubt 2023, you will see uh, your boyfriend, Ro Kenny, back in Raleigh for uh, Dreamville Fest 23, as long as they have it, for sure, for sure. Fantastic, man. Well, dude, I, I, I know you were busy and I know I, I wasn't that busy, but, but there were so many things going on that I, I didn't get to watch the race. I know I, I had to, we both had to pull the old look at the highlights because we both missed the race <laughs> this past weekend. But the one thing that, 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 that I know that did happen this past weekend at Richmond was it was time for the, it was time for the older drivers and the veteran drivers to show out and, and, and boy, did they, I, I, I think they were just there just to, just to let the youngsters know, Hey, look, you, you still got to deal with us. And, uh, <laughs> Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin certainly proved that this past weekend. Uh, yeah, man. He was not necessarily the, I, I can't tell you who we picked last time going around, but I would have thought, yeah, this has been a great place for him, but. It hasn't been that great for him as of late, but somehow, some way, they played the long game and they ended up winning. He only led, I believe, like five laps on Sunday. That was it. Ryan Blaney led 128. 
this is the second time he's yeah. led 100 plus and didn't come with the win, but also in a weird way. Again, weird stat that I learned just by looking, but he's been on the hole three times this season. And both of those times, I believe, except for Co- except for Coda, for obvious reasons, was not able to lead 100 laps there, but he led some laps. But the other two places, Phoenix and just recently Richmond, he led 100 plus laps and still didn't win, which is crazy. But also at the same time, still managed to get a top 10. It's crazy. But yeah, Diddy yeah, you know, finally I, delivered. <laughs> I know. You know, something about Blaney, I, you, you know, he, he seems to know how to really start the race and do really well. Uh, he seems to have a problem of, of trying to close it out and, and, and stay with that same energy. Uh, 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 or am I just making a, you know, a wrong assessment of that? But it seems like that, like, like he, he's done that quite a bit, at least this year. I think you've got it like right on the nail, actually, with, or hit the nail right on the head, actually, with that one, because I've noticed like even before the crew chief changed, like Blaney and his team, they would, have a great start to the weekend. Either they'd be in the pole or top five or qualifying or whatever the math used to be last year to get where you're going. But they would run really strong very early on when they had a great start to the day. But then towards the middle, it just didn't always necessarily pan out. Now, of course, obviously he was at the right place, um, right time in a few spots. Michigan is one of those in particular that I can remember uh, fondly of. But yeah, I think that's just something that happens with that team. But of course, also, this is uh, just seven points paying races in so we've got a long way to go and to work out the kinks but it definitely proves once again they have pace again they almost are in a situation like track house right track house has shown pace all year long so far and they finally got a win this past the weekend before at coda and now we're looking at obviously blaney they're still looking for a win this season and they look pretty good so I think that's a good sign for them in the first half of the season but or first you know portions of the season however you want to go about it but yeah we'll see if they get any better from that. Yeah. You well, so you want to go ahead and just round out the top ten for us? Go ahead on uh and, and run them down there, Kenny. Yeah, and actually there will be something I have to take note of in this top ten. And I had just something just came to me and it made me think about it um from reading All earlier. Right. But Denny Hamlin, obviously you're a winner. He is a Virginia native, so that was a pretty big win for him. That I believe that moves him up to 16th all time in Cup Series wins. So he is approaching the big 50 very soon. That was win number 47 for him. So pretty big shoes to fill on his behalf because I think now he is in the category of if his career ended tomorrow, he is in the category of one of the more winning winningest drivers to not hold a championship. The other, I believe, is Junior Johnson, who had 50 wins and didn't get a championship. So, yeah, he's getting ready to get into that conversation of, well, he won a lot of races, but he just didn't win a championship. Obviously, (laughs) we don't don't know when his career is going to end at this point, but that is just something to note that I paid attention to. Um, Kevin Harvick came home in second. William Byron, who was leading at the time, but Denny was creeping on up from – his last pit stop until the very – he doesn't get the win this time um, like he did in Atlanta, but solid day for the 2014. Martin Truex came home in fourth. Kyle Larson came home in fifth. Christopher Bell, sixth. Like I talked about earlier, Ryan Blaney, he finished seventh after starting on the pole. Alex Bowman, who won last year here in the spring in the last couple – he came home in eighth. Ninth was Kyle Busch, and to round out the top 10 was Austin Dillon in the RCR machine. So solid top 10, no doubt about it. But there is just one thing that is very noteworthy when it comes to pit stops, actually, believe it or not. They were one of the yeah. fastest pit stops that has ever been recorded, apparently. Someone could quote me on that if it is not. But a 9.1 second stop by the 11 team. So 
You're probably wondering, well, how in the world did they even manage to pull off a time like that? Well, Joe Gibbs, like they've been very innovative when it comes to the pit stop, especially with their pit gun that they initially um, created at one point before they changed. But their pit stop choreography has changed. I, for the life of me, cannot explain it to you via audio. You will have to look at it via video at some point, or I may tweet it on the account at turns no breaks if you ain't following us i don't know why you aren't but either way you'll have to see it in video form but they have done something just a little bit different than other teams have been trying they've been talking about it for a while and they've implemented it and so far it worked a late pit stop was perfect for denny and he cruised to the end yeah man you know i can tell you this kenny the one thing that I did like about uh, about the race in general. Now, now, granted, I I didn't get to watch the race like as it was happening, but but I went back and looked at a lot of the highlights. Um, I, I, for Richmond standards, it seemed like it was a pretty decent race. So don't get me wrong. Now, I, I it, maybe it might have been better than than I'm giving it credit. And like I said, I'm just ba- going based on on highlights. But but the one thing that I, I I did like to see was and and going back and looking at these highlights was that. That late, that late racing by Hamlin and Kevin Harvick. I mean, that was like something that was awesome to see again. And I don't care what anyone says that, that, that it was, it was, it was pretty nice to see that. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I think, I think it had its moments from what I understood. So I am a yeah. crazy person and I decided to watch the full highlights, thankfully because they were uploaded on YouTube. So I watched it in full. Just to kind of get, just to kind of like get an idea of like what really happened because I wasn't on Twitter looking at any of this. So I had no idea what people were thinking about it or what they were talking about necessarily or what they may or may have not saw during the race. But I think, which is a very weird thing to even think about now that I'm saying it out loud, but yeah, Richmond, it's not, it does not race like a short track and you can sue me all you want or you can say what you want to me on Twitter. I'll give you my ad at Front Row Kenny. You can say it to me. But honestly, I think this has been a, a realization for quite a few people over the past couple of years arguing whether Richmond is a short track or Richmond is a in quotation short track that races like an intermediate. And the more and more I think about it, it almost reminds me of obviously the shape is a little bit different than Phoenix. But I think Phoenix is a mile track. Some people might argue that's a short track, right? But personally, I think by definition, I believe it's got to be anything that's half mile or less. Now, (laughs) Richmond is three quarters of a mile. It's already pushing it. And I personally think the way it ended up dishing out with this race, which was more strategy-based than anything, that's not to say – that there isn't any strategy at the end of the race, obviously, but here it came down to more of that versus your right place, right time, or you might have given the bumper to your teammate or, you know, whomever. I, I don't know what it is, but Richmond over the past couple of years has definitely changed a lot. Like the track was dubbed in the early 2000s, the action track for a lot of reasons. Like, I mean, that race in the calendar was marked for your probably your average fan like it was yeah. it was bonkers like every single time like it, it was bonkers but one thing uh jeff gluck pointed out today in his article in the athletic he mentioned one thing that i didn't even pay mind to but as we talk about the action track <laughs> for a place obviously i'm not looking for crashes but in a short track you're expected to see a whole lot more cautions and the last time we even had double digit cautions at a race at richmond was in 2016. That was the last time that has happened. And that has only been, that has only happened in double digits twice 
since 2013, which would have been the last time. Previously, there was a double-digit amount of cautions every other year. It is in the single digits, including this past weekend with only five. So, yeah, not a lot of not a lot of aggression as you would, yeah. you know, dub it. But I think I think we're in a new era of Richmond, Renee. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> Well, I think we are too. And I, I, you know, I, I think it, it's just, you know, and you know, Kenny, you know, the, the, this, this whole new gen car is, I think has a little bit to do with it as well. So you got, we, we have to remember that we're, we're dealing with a new car as well, right. which, which by the way, I'll tell you, I think, I think personally, like all of these drivers, None of them have figured this car out specifically. Sure. I, I think, I think they literally are just going and dealing, dealing with it so far race by race and, and they're still feeling it out. It, it's going to take a while. I know that for sure. But, but I think that, that has, that has a lot to do with it as well. But, but, you know, there's so many things, Kenny, that, that go into what you were saying and, and and having a new car just does, I mean, it, it kind of just throws another wrench into the mix. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair uh, judgment on that, especially, obviously, this is the first actual race, not testing, an actual race um, that this car is raced at uh, yeah. Richmond. So, yeah, I definitely expect it to be a lot different, but I definitely usually don't watch Richmond and think about, oh, yeah, man, they're going to go on a strategy where they're going to go on a long run here and they're going to go on a short run here just to make it to the end or even fuel mileage, God forbid. I didn't even think that would even, you know, I don't think that's something I yeah. ever think about when I think about Richmond or Martinsville for that matter, if we're talking about short tracks or Bristol. I don't, I don't, I don't watch Bristol or Martinsville and I'm like, yeah, damn, this thing is going to end on fuel strategy. I highly, <laughs> I highly doubt it. Right. No doubt, my brother. No doubt. But, but you know, I think also what made a difference in the 2000s and anybody who has been watching past that point can, I know they can attest and they can agree with me on this. I'm not just saying this just because I'm either hating or I have a negative thought towards it, but they used to put sealer on this track. Like I, when I, when I tell you, Renee, like my hair is black, but that track looked f- like fresh paved every single year. They ran there. Yeah. It's expensive. Like, I'm sure that whole deal to do that was very expensive. I can't remember when they stopped doing it, but it was very obvious. Like, if you looked at, like, burnouts from that time period, like, they looked really weird. Like, the smoke just didn't look exactly the same, if if you understand what I'm saying. So, again, this is a, yeah, another- Yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand. This is another visual thing that I have to explain to people. But, again, if you watch any race from the 2000s at Richmond, Nine times out of 10, that thing was probably off the wall. It, it was just that type of racing, but that's what it brought. To, you know, that's what it brought to us at the time. But I think like now where this race has actually moved back and forth when it comes to its dates, like, I mean, now it's no longer in the playoffs. It is in the sweltering Virginia heat in August. I think my birthday weekend or the week before is when that race is. And it's like, yeah, okay. I'm fine with it being in the daytime. I just don't yeah. know if it necessarily can still be dubbed the action track like it used to be. I think that name is going to have to kind of subside for the time being. All in all, I, I will say from watching it from a replay perspective, it was a uh, decent not my favorite race yeah. of the year so far, but it was decent. That's about yeah, all well, I can say. I'll, I'll tell you who probably you know thought it was an even decent race was uh kyle bush here's a guy who if he ain't winning all all bets are off for him and 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 it probably didn't help that that he got a now he got a penalty for for having tape on the front grill now Mm -hmm. this this was kind of confusing to me kenny because i was trying to figure out 
like because it did take a, a, a while for them to to penalize him, yeah. right? I, I was mm-hmm. just trying to figure out why it took so long, and I, and I, I was trying to go back to listen to listen to uh, the NASCAR radio because I can't remember the guy's name, but he was on there. He was uh, trying to 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 explain it, but I didn't get to hear it. Did you catch what what, what that was all about? Yeah, so I think what happened was that I believe you're not supposed to put any grill on. I mean, put any tape on the grill. Excuse me, I said that backwards, but either way, no. um, you're not supposed to do that. From what I understand, like I don't think anyone at all does. But the problem was when they found it around like lap 225, which I believe was maybe a hundred or so laps before it actually happened. The issue was NASCAR <laughs> right, right. It was, saw it. It was a while. Yeah, NASCAR saw it. But they also were apparently what they were also trying not to do was have a moment where that was a, a piece of trash on the grill. And then if they would have made that mistake, it would have been pretty bad. Right now, yeah, do I think in this situation, given the fact that it was almost like, you know, half hour, almost an hour and a half after the fact that it happened, it's a little weird. It's a box call at that point. Right. Yeah. I think you just let that one go. So I'm sure. But see, that's, that, sure that's, but that's weird. all that. That was all my my line of thinking. I was like, well, it's already been this long. I'm like, well, even if you thought it was like like you said, even if you thought it was garbage, and then you know, but at this point, you could have just you could have just letting it ride. I mean, I I I seriously doubt it would have made that 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 big of a deal to any of the other drivers. I'm sure, but I, you know, NASCAR is just weird like that, and I, and and NASCAR just has different rules of of how they they handle certain things and 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 how they handle certain infractions. I guess, and, 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 you know, that's just NASCAR in general. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think the problem is like in the moment, it's the weird part. Now, obviously, they were pushing the envelope because from again, this is just gathering from what I remember. Again, tape is not allowed like at all, from what I understand. Yeah. So, like on the grill, so that was a rule made very early on. That happened, and you know, it was botched. But I think like again, if you have something like that happen, I think that's just where you gotta let it go at that point. Like you just gotta let that one go. Like okay. You know, yeah. a ref might get a foul call wrong. And if you go on a replay, you can clearly see player 12 definitely hit player 10 and player nine wasn't even in the vicinity. You know, things like that happen. Right. But no yeah. one but no one's going back two and a half minutes is like, all right. Yeah, we got to call that foul. Boom. It's over with. Like, nah, no, no one's going to do that. No one in the right mind would. So, yeah, yeah, I think like when you get into that, I think that's where you actually just say, let that one go. I didn't I can remember watching that clip, at least from from the condensed highlights. But yeah. That was uh, quite a thing. And, you know, speaking of the broadcast, actually, a good friend of mine, Daniel McFadden, wrote an article about pre-race shows in NASCAR. And Fox has been at the helm of being, again, I'm just paraphrasing what people say online. They say it's cringy. It's just not a, it's just not very good or they don't really enjoy it or they feel like it's just way too long for what it is. Man, I kind of understand. Like, I actually kind of understand that. So, before I even say anything else, Renee, what do you think about the pre-race when you when you watch a race? Like, are you more intrigued by seeing that at the very beginning or would you rather see what happens at the end of the race and you have post uh, race interviews like more of those? Because a lot of times the race coverage ends because the window's too short. And so when they close that window locally, it's closed. You mean you mean like like interviews with drivers in, in, in general? Yeah. Uh, 
rather rather than than post post interview interviews after the race uh, more more so like anything like at the beginning so like sometimes like sometimes obviously they'll do a skit at the beginning of the show or the beginning of the pre-race and they'll talk about whatever like whatever city they're in like let's say it's california and they've got something related to california it's some skit right that's that yeah kind of kind of the way that other sports do where they they have some kind of storyline of uh of of something like they do in baseball or football and they they uh, do the little they do a little presentation of what I think if if I if I'm if I'm correct of what you're talking about they do like a little presentation of the of either the city or the particular driver from that city like they could have done one about Denny Hamlin because he's from Virginia I, are you, are you talking like on 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 the lines of that yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. My my <laughs> my personal opinion uh, is NASCAR is just so different. You know what I mean? And it, it, it I I don't particularly care for them myself. Like if I if I happen to catch it, Kenny, I'll watch it and 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 I'll indulge in it and, and whatnot. And I'll I'll be like, oh, okay, that's cool. I'm kind of glad I caught that. But for the most part, I'm not sticking around to, to, to see it. You know what I mean? Now, after the race, you know, and, and the post, post interviews. Now, I kind of want to stick around because I want to, I want to see what these drivers have to say, especially, especially depending on how the race turned out. Exactly. But at the beginning of, yes. So, so I have an incentive of wanting to stick around. The, at the beginning of the race is where, like, like, I, I'm too busy doing something else. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me when, when the race gets, is getting ready to start. And and then I'm gonna stick around to the end. But but yeah, from the beginning, I'm not gonna stick around as if as I normally would if it was a, any other sport. But that doesn't that doesn't mean necessarily that that I don't like NASCAR as much. It's just that I'm just not that interested as much as I'm going to be interested and stuck and glued to that TV after the race. Yeah, no, I understand. Trust and believe me. I think. <laughs> I think this, and I've always had this thought for the longest, is that, okay, so I'm just going to mark a couple important, quote-unquote, races, right? Daytona 500, the Coke 600, the Southern 500, championship weekend at Phoenix, and the regular season finale at Daytona, right? Those five right there. I think if you want to give those pre-races 60 minutes, 90 minutes, whatever, right? I think those fit perfectly. Now... We go to Kansas for the second time in a year. I don't think we need to have like a drawn out one for longer than 30 minutes. I think 30 minutes is probably where it needs to be capped. Like every other race needs like a 30 minute pre-race. I just think it's, I just think you get straight to it, right? So this is what Daniel said. And I actually agree with this take. This is his tweet. You guys can follow him on Twitter at Daniel McFadden. He said the ideal Fox race broadcast, Mike Joy intro brings in Boyer, the guest reporter, send it down a pit road, quick hits on three big stories from reporters, command to start engines and race. I think that's just simple as can be. You don't have to do that much to draw somebody in for a pre-race. I feel like I think there's just a fine line of doing way too much in certain situations. I think if you just really get to it and show people, hey, this is what's going on. Hey, here's the big thing you need to know going into race X or whatever and just call it a day. Like, I think that's it. I don't think you have to do. Yeah. You don't have to be over the top. But just as just right. a observation I've had and a lot of people have said a lot of different things. I do. I will say 
I appreciated Chad Knauss being in the booth for this race because I think he gives like very, very good insight. And, you know, same with Tony and having Matt and same thing with Danica, like having all of them in the booth has been oh, really, yeah, really sure. fun. I, I enjoy that. Like that part, you got it right. <laughs> like, you got it, fan. Yeah. Like you have it to a T. Like don't change anything. You're good. So exactly. Yeah. It was just my thoughts on that. That's all I got for that. Yeah. But, well, I, I tell you what I, I, I do want to give thoughts on is my man Dale Jr. is returning to the back. Xfinity Series race at Martinsville. Yes, sir. And, uh, now, now, and, 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 and he's going to have the, uh, the number 88 Hellman's Fridge Hunter Chevrolet paint scheme. Am I right? Yeah, nah, it looks Boy, that it sucker looks just looks clean. That looks sharp. It does look sharp. I, I I agree. Yeah, nah, that helmet's blue and that white and yellow, it is it is clean. So <laughs> I I am I don't know what it is about some folks. Like Dale Jr. and his team always, I mean always, if they had to do a special scheme, there's like a 0.5% chance they're gonna mess it up. And if they do <laughs> All Dale has to say is, man, I love it. It don't even matter at that point. The 0.5%, you can forget about it. But this genuinely looks really good. And so, yeah, yeah. it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool to see him back on the track, you know, doing these little one-off events. So for my fans of Dale Jr., if you are close enough to go to Martinsville, I would highly recommend it. <laughs> I would highly recommend it too, God darn it. And, and, and the electric pace truck is going to be at Martinsville as well, right? Yeah, there is going to be an electric pace truck, which is going to be the first of its kind. The Ford F-150 Lightning, I believe, is what they dub it as. Yeah, no, that that thing looks kind of cool. And I saw a video of one, and I don't know what it is about it. I, even though, obviously, I like loud cars and all that good stuff. If I'm able to have the best of both worlds in the future, and I can have an electric car and a gasoline car, this is something I would like. Don't ask me why I began my truck phase as a guy. Somehow, some way, it has started for me, so... Yeah, it looks kind of dope. It'll be cool to see it on this upcoming weekend because we got a Saturday night showdown at Martinsville. That's right. A Saturday night showdown. And Kenny, and if you're all done with whatever you want to talk about, I'm all done. We can go straight into our predictions at Martinsville, sir. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Martinsville's predictions. All turns, no breaks. Kenny, who you got? It's time for Grace Predictions. All right, back to the paperclip, man. Martinsville is by far one of my favorite races to watch each year, and that includes both races in the spring and in the fall. Now, this one is going to be under the lights. I love it. People are a little pissed because they took away a couple laps, but that's okay. 400 laps is just enough for me, and it'll be plenty of it'll be plenty of action, and I'm sure you guys will enjoy it regardless. And you won't miss that 100 that last one on Saturday. I promise you, you'll be okay. Anyway, I am actually <laughs> going to go with the man who has been very hot at Martinsville for some reason. You might as well legitimately call it Martinsville. Please forgive me for my awful, awful dad joke. It is late while we're recording this, but Martin Truex Jr. is going to be my main pick. I believe he has won three of the last four races at Martinsville. So I think he's an easy pick. If you are gambling, listen, remember I said that. And if you want to send, send me some of the cash, feel free to do so. But, right on. but um, alternative pick, I am actually going to go with Ryan Blaney, who is actually pretty good at Martinsville as well. Has not got a win there just yet, but he is a pretty talented race car driver around that track. And those are going to be my two picks. So I got a Toyota and I got a Ford. Renee, who you got? 
<sighs> well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to actually stick with the older veteran drivers at Martinsville. My my main pick is actually going to be the number four, Kevin Harvick. I'm looking for Kevin Harvick to come out with his first win of the season this year. Now, my alternative pick, I'm actually going to go with Martin Truex Jr. as well. So go. I'm going to go with Martin. Yeah. You know what? I, 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 for the same reason of what you were saying that Martin Truex Jr. Uh, was going to win, that's that's the same reason why I'm picking him to be my alternative pick. But uh, for some reason, I feel like Kevin Harvick is going to come out and sneak one out there at Martinsville. I wanted to go with Ryan Blaney, believe it or not, but based on what we were talking about on how he just opens the races really fast but just doesn't seem to close, I don't think he's going to do it at Martinsville. He may do it at some point uh, of the year. I, that, there's no doubt in that, but it won't be uh this coming weekend at martinsville so uh, kevin harvick is my main pick and martin truix jr is my alternative pick those are my picks i'm sticking with them what say you fans of all turns no breaks if you have if you have a pick that you want to let us know about an alternative pick send them to us at our uh, social media across the board that's at turns no breaks across the board that's at turns no breaks. And for all listeners that listen to our podcast, we certainly appreciate your support each and every week. And if you know anybody that loves NASCAR just as much as you do, just as much as we do, please turn them on to our podcast. I'm sure they'll love it just as much as you do. This, And don't forget that this podcast is for fans by fans. For Kenny, myself, we'll see you after Martinsville on another episode of All Turns and No Breaks. See y'all. Hey man, I stay hydrated all weekend. So as always, make sure y'all stay hydrated. Thanks so much for tuning in. 